Blog Talk Radio. And right now, it's big fight time. Live in Las Vegas, Trevor Burbick and Mike Tyson are about to battle it out for the WBC Heavyweight Championship. Welcome to another episode of World Championship Boxing. And finally, our intro actually <laughs> talks about a fight we're going to talk about today. And we are talking, of course, about the greatest performances of Mike Tyson. And I'm joined once again by my boxing expert, Juan Silva. What's up, man? Yeah, ironies of ironies. You could, you could change that theme music now. This will be the last time we use it. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. One of the fights we'll be talking about is what British announcer is, is um, announcing. Mike Tyson versus Trevor Burbick, the very first of his three greatest performances that we'll talk about from November 22nd, 1986, as Mike Tyson becomes the youngest man in the history of boxing and still holds that record at the age of 20 to become a champion of the world. Then from there, we'll go to October 16th, 1987, almost a year later, where he defends the undisputed heavyweight championship against undefeated 1984 Olympic gold medalist Tyrell Biggs. And then finally, June 27th, 1988, the highest grossing boxing fight of all time up to that point. This this fight set all types of records. Mike Tyson's defense the title against former undisputed light heavyweight champion of the world and former world heavyweight champion Michael Spinks. Also undefeated at the time. Yes, yeah, two undefeated fighters. And Spinks had a claim to the heavyweight championship because he had defeated Larry Holmes to win a world title. So basically this was the unification of the undisputed champion and the lineal champion. Indeed, indeed. And so, uh, well, yeah, we're going to talk about um, this meteoric rise of this young guy here, Mike Tyson, uh, coming up the ranks as a relatively small heavyweight uh, but uh, what what a punch that he, uh, he yeah, did. In my, in my opinion, the second hardest hitting heavyweight of all time. Only George Foreman had heavier hands. Indeed. Now uh, let's talk about his early career. Now, did he was he always in the heavyweight division, or did he? Uh, he was a heavy, he was a heavyweight as an amateur. Lost in the finals of the Olympics, uh, the Olympic boxing, the United States Olympic boxing trials in 1984 to Henry Tillman. Tillman went on to win a gold medal for the United States in 1984. So uh, Mike Tyson turned pro early in 1985 and would fight every three weeks. Um, Customato and his managers, Bill Caton and, J- and Jimmy Jacobs, along with Kevin Rooney, decided that the best way to keep Mike Tyson focused was to have him fight every three to four weeks. And he did. And from ni- Between February 1985 and November of 1986, he fought 27, 28 times before finally 
fighting, getting a chance at the world at the WBC World Championship held by Trevor Burbick. Now, his uh, we what we witnessed his, his rise on uh, Saturday mornings, wasn't it? Uh, where we Saturday where, Saturday afternoons on ABC. Yes, yeah, Saturday afternoons, and his his. Uh, I mean, he was just this up-and-coming guy, and uh, it was a perfect way to showcase him. I mean, he was not really fighting stiff competition at the time, but uh, definitely having some impressive uh, showings with some first-round knockouts. You, he he fought a bunch of bums. He fought a <laughs> bunch of tomato can wannabe. Uh, none of these guys were real fighters. Now, in 1986, he fought some tough. Competition. He fought James Tillis, who gave him hell. Mitch Blood Green gave him hell, and Jose Walter. Three of those. Okay, we're back on here. So yeah, so go ahead. So in 1986, he stepped up his competition, and he had three tough fights, all going to the tenth round against. James Quick Tillis, Mitch Green, and Jose Rebolta. Quick Tillis gave Tyson hell and showed the type of style that could, that could give Tyson trouble. So a, a guy with a good left jab and who can move. And he was trained by Andrew Dundee. Mitch Green and Jose Rebolta were more tying him up and trying to smother his punches. So those three fights were perfect. Were were were, were perfect setups for this title shot, November twenty second, nineteen eighty six. So he he comes in here. Um, is he coming here as a favorite? Oh hell yeah! There's no Trevor Burbick couldn't beat Mike Tyson right now. Oh, well, I can't. He can't beat him right now. Trevor Burbick's dead. But if if Trevor Burbick never in his in his in his wildest dreams could he ever beat Mike Tyson? Now tell us about the heavyweight division though. Like prior to Mike Tyson, a lot of people say that it was kind of. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't really like an exciting mix of people. I mean, you got Larry. After Muhammad Ali retired in 1978, Larry Holmes was the was dominated heavyweight division from 78 to 85 before losing twice to Michael Spinks. Larry Holmes retired, and at the time, Don King set up a heavyweight boxing tournament. But none of those guys, other than maybe Tim Witherspoon, was on Mike Tyson's level. Tim Witherspoon was supposed to fight Mike Tyson. But prior to this fight, defending his, his WBC title against Trevor Burbick, no, I'm sorry, I was Pinklin Thomas. Tim Willisford had lost the title in December of 86, so I'm sorry. Pinklin Thomas was the was the um, WBC world champion with a great left jab, and some say might have given Tyson difficulty. But he began back to use, he began using drugs, and showed up all drugged out, lifeless, and lost a 12-round decision to Trevor Burbick. Burbick then went on to fight Mike Tyson this historic evening. So Trevor Burbick, uh, his his reign, I mean, did he have any other defenses? Uh... His first and only defense. Okay. So his his only defense here with Mike Tyson, and he comes in, and you see in this fight, he doesn't. He doesn't really take Mike. Um, he, he, he does. He does. Uh, Trevor Burbick had one of the greatest chins in boxing history. I saw him back in 1981 take a 15 round hellacious beating from Larry Holmes. He just took a hellacious beating. Burbick had a great chin. 
Berg was a tough son of a bitch. He just didn't have much in, in the way of boxing acumen. His skills, his skill set was woof, woeful. He would, but he had a lot of he had a lot of heart, and he had great stamina, and he took a hellacious punch. Yeah, and he was uh, he did take some some serious bombs in this one. Uh, no defense whatsoever, and uh, he just was going in there toe to toe with this guy and getting walloped, and uh, he was staggered. Now is 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 all wrong for a fighter like Mike Tyson. Could never be Mike. First round, Mike takes his time. Mike doesn't come out exploding like he normally does. Late towards the round, he hurt, he hurts Burbick. Uh, with like 15 seconds left in the round, he hurts Burbick with a right hand. But luckily for Burbick, the bell saves him before any further damage could happen. But in the second round, right off the top, Mike lands three, four lefts and rights. Down goes Burbick. And then finally, oh, 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 he gets hit with a left hook. A short, it's a right hook, right hook to the body. He missed with an uppercut. Then he lands a short left hook. Burbick goes down three times for one punch. <laughs> Unbelievable, yeah. So Mike Tyson, new WBC heavyweight champion. What I loved and, about um, what um, Barry Tompkins, the announcer for HBO at the time, goes, and, and a new era in heavyweight boxing has begun. Indeed, and and he looks uh, pretty much unstoppable. Though, I mean, you you're saying that he really hadn't faced yet anyone that really was going to threaten him at this point, although you did mention a few that gave him some trouble. Quick Tillis gave him hell. Moving, jabbing, and in the next year, and after winning his title in 1987, he faced one, two, three, four guys. Well, forget Bone Crusher Smith, Bone Hugger Smith. His next fight after this, he when he beats the IBF champion James Bonehugger Smith, Bonehugger Smith just holds him for twelve rounds. A horrible fight. Then he fights former WBC champion Pickler Thomas, and Pickler Thomas for the first few rounds gives Tyson some trouble because he had a great left jab. Mike breaks him down, knocks him out in the fifth, sixth round. Then he unifies all three titles by beating. I'm sorry, Bone Crusher Smith was the WBA champion. Then on. So he won a decision against Bone Crusher. He knocks out Pickler Thomas, and then he fights the IBF world champion, Tony Tucker. And in the first round, Logan, Tucker staggers Mike Tyson with an uppercut that lifts Tyson off his feet. Tyson has to hold on to survive. But instead of instead of uh, taking advantage of this situation, Tony Tucker starts to hold and run for the next 11 rounds, and Mike wins an easy 12-round decision. Leading up, to October 16th, 1987, against Olympic gold medalist Tyrell Biggs, a guy who I thought had the style to possibly defeat Mike Tyson. And in the first round, Logan, you saw Biggs using that jab, snapping it, snapping it, snapping it. Had a beautiful first round. And then Indeed, was, he won that. He won that first round handily. And uh, and after that, Kevin Rooney told Mike, "Use the jab, go to the body. Use the jab, go to the body." Mike Tyson had a great left jab when he used it, and this fight showcases that jab. He begins using the jab in the second round. He goes to the body, and he systematically destroys Terrell Biggs. Well, what he did was he, he made him change his whole game plan. He didn't stick to it, just having a regular brawl. Taking, he started taking his time, breaking him down little by little and not exploding. He was taking his time, jabbing, 
hooking to the body. And, and we, he, he threw some hellacious body. It's the best. This was, in my opinion, the best exhibition of body punching Mike Tyson ever did in his career. Yeah, well, and 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 uh, this is probably the fight that he should have fought Holyfield with, you know. Like, if this is how he should have fought Holyfield if he wanted to win. Fought, the fighter that fought Evander Holyfield nine years later was not the same fight that you saw him beat Tyrell Biggs. Right, but I mean, he didn't even use this strategy. I mean, which was going to the body a lot, getting that, uh, you know, breaking down. Mike, keep... stopped, Mike, Mike stopped going to the body in 1989. So by the time he fights Holyfield in 1996 body punching is no longer no longer part of his repertoire. Yeah, so so we got this um this fight where you you have the I mean Mike Tyson's using his jab, which, you know, is another thing he abandoned. He um, used that jab beautifully in this fight. What you have to do when you fight a guy with a great left jab that big side, you gotta use your jab. You just can't let him use the jab. And he went to the body. Third round he staggers him. Fourth round he staggers him. And he's just killing. Biggs is bleeding heavily, and his ribs are all broken up. And he's bloody in the face. Seventh yeah, round, through the seventh round, he drops Big with a double. Biggs with a double left hook. Got to give Biggs. Biggs had a tremendous chin. One of the reasons his career ended so early is he took a hellified punishment because he had such a great chin. Got up. Tyson drops him again with a double left hook. Fights over. Tyson destroys Tyrell Biggs. And, I mean, it was just no contest. All right. So so then we get we move on here. After this fight, he uh, what is his next opponent? He beats Larry Holmes. No. Was it Larry Holmes? Oh, yeah, that was right. He, he called out Larry Holmes, and that was going to be his next fight. And everybody was talking about him. He should fight Sphinx. And they were saying, well, that's a pay-per-view fight. That's going to take five months, and Mike wants to fight sooner. That's smart. And- that's smart, yes. They saved Michael Spinks for the for the pay per view, and they also said that uh, you know everybody thought that in the fight that uh, Larry Holmes had with Michael Spinks that he probably won that fight and he got you know robbed on the decision. So they were thinking that like you know he had a claim to the title and and that was probably going to be and maybe an easy fight in their mind. Larry Holmes, no, Larry Holmes had no business fighting Mike Tyson that night. Um, he hadn't fought in two years. He was too old and too slow. Mike destroys him in four rounds. He knocks out Tony Tony Tubbs in two rounds, fat, out-of-shape former world champion. And then finally, June 27, 1988, the single greatest performance of Mike Tyson's career, and the final time that Kevin Rooney trains him. Yeah, and, and Customato too, right? Well, Customato had died in 1985, so no, Customato was already dead. So he, he he wasn't there for that fight. Now when he when he came to the ring in this fight with uh, um, uh, Spinks, this motherfucker had this crazy music like this like tribal fucking like bass hard. I mean it was like shaking the whole building when he was coming to the ring. I think that thing like must have shook um, Mr. Spinks like balls. Michael Spinks was in it for the payday and the payday only. Also, he infuriated Mike Mike Tyson by refusing to come out first. They tell Mike Michael Spinks to come out and say, oh, no, I never lost a title. I should come out second. When they told Tyson this, Tyson punched a hole in the wall in his dressing room. But he, ended up, he did come out first. 
Michael Speaks, no, Michael Speaks wanted to come out second. But he but he came out. I mean, he ended up coming out for, uh, first anyway. No, but he wanted to come out second. And when they told Tyson this, Tyson was oh. So it's just that he just because he wanted to. See, he was but, trying to play mind games, but you're playing mind games with a guy in his prime who right now will knock anybody out that's fighting at that time. And first round, he. First of all, when the fight starts, and I, I'm in, I'm I'm in a close circuit. Um, I'm in a close circuit. I, I watched this fight with my father in a close circuit a theater down in the village. I saw when Spinks takes his robe off, he's got two knee braces on. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? This guy's a boxer. How the hell is he going to move for 12 rounds against Tyson? Yeah, he looked, he just didn't look, he looked kind of shaky in there. And uh, now, what about him in his prime? I mean, would he have done a little better? Next week, we will be discussing his performances as he was the greatest light heavyweight champion of my era. Of, of, since I started watching boxing, greatest light heavyweight champion I've ever seen. I see. So, uh, as a heavyweight, though, you wouldn't have beaten Mike Tyson because Michael Spinks in his prime was a light heavyweight, not a heavyweight. So, he, in his later uh, non-prime, he he won the heavyweight championship. Uh, right. Right. Uh, by, I, old, by by first clearly beating an old Larry Holmes, then robbing him in the rematch. Interesting. Now his his. Uh, little thing. I mean, this fight building up to it. I mean, people were really building him up as a, a real threat to Mike Tyson. And I remember too that thinking that like, oh, okay, maybe this guy can do something against him. And uh, man, what a disappointment when uh, he gets knocked out so quickly. Uh, and and talk about just that round, man, where he just fucking those punches that he got hit with. If they would have fought a light heavyweight in 1985, a year prior to this, Spinks wins. But he's fighting a heavyweight. He's fighting a full-blown heavyweight who's the second-hardest hitter in the history of the heavyweight division. He had no shot, bad legs or all. Um, people thought that maybe he could box his way. My father and I knew, knew the deal. There was no way in the world Michael Spinks was beating Mike Tyson. But do you think it would go that quickly? I thought it would go two, three rounds. <laughs> well, yeah, no. it... He had no shot in the world of beating Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was too powerful. Mike, you have to have a great jab, which Spinks had as a light heavyweight. He's not having it as a heavyweight. And you got to have a tremendous right cross, which Spinks had a light heavyweight. But he wasn't having that at heavyweight against Mike Tyson. It wasn't going to work. He was too small. I mean, he's taller than Mike, but he's too small physically to beat yeah. Mike. And Mike just fucking connected. I mean, pretty quickly. And, 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 and Mike came out. He went to the body. First knockdown, he went to the body, right? Yeah, that was a body shot. Down goes Spinks. And the second second knockdown, left hook to the body, right cross, right down the pipe. Michael Spinks is out. Fight is over. And not only did Michael Spinks' career end that night, which, shit, he lost his only fight. Um, he made ten to fifteen million dollars. He retired rich. He's still wealthy today. Yeah, he made thirteen million. You could say that was the end of Michael Spink of uh, Mike Tyson's career because it was never the same after that. And and do you and you attribute that to his uh, getting rid of uh, Rooney? You you at the at the time he was married to Robin Givens. They wound up the, being divorced eight months later. Don King was in his ear about, oh, you don't need Kevin Rudy. You don't need Bill Caton, his manager, who's taking care of his money. 
He fired Caton. He fired Rooney. He got in bed with Don King, and that was the beginning of the end for Mike Tyson. The biggest win of his career was the end of his career because after this night, Logan, steadily, uh, st- his skills declined. His skills declined because he stopped using the skill set that Customano, Teddy Atlas, and Kevin Rooney had taught him. He stopped using the jab. He stopped. All he did after this, Logan, was headhunt, headhunt, headhunt. And while he'd have a lot of guys frozen, oh, I can't beat this guy. Defeated before the bell rang. Once Buster Douglas beat him in February of 1990, a fight that we covered on the greatest fights of all time, that was the end of the mystique of Mike Tyson. Well, yeah, and you're saying that he just kind of lost discipline uh, without these uh, trainers in his he, he started training him who will follow his rules. Oh, well, I'm not training today. I'm going to go fuck this bitch over there. You just go have somebody else do the road work. I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, have someone else train in my stead. <laughs> and he's the fighter. And also, I mean, is it is it also the fact that, you know, maybe he just didn't have, like, because he did win some fights right after this, didn't he? Look, after he beat after he beat um, Spinks in 1989, he defended the title twice against Carl the Truth Williams and Frank Bruno. Neither guy in Tyson's league. He knocks out Bruno in five, even though Bruno does stagger Tyson in the first round. He destroys Carl the Truth Williams in one round, and then then he loses to Buster Douglas in February of 1990. He beats uh, he beats a couple he beats uh, Alex Stewart and um, Henry Tillman both in the first round. He beats uh, Razor Ruddick twice in '91. Signs a mega deal to fight of Vander Holyfield in November of '91. Um, dislocates his shoulder. That fight is canceled. Gets arrested and convicted of rape. Spends three years in prison. When he how comes, do you think how do you think that fight would have gone in '91 if he didn't dislocate his Holyfield shoulder? Holyfield beats him because Holyfield knows. Knows what to beat Mike Tyson. Holyfield has a great chin. He's going to stand up to Tyson's power. Tyson's not going to the body. Tyson's not using his jab. What you saw in 96 would happen in 91 because that was doing Holyfield prime. In 1996, that was a shot Holyfield that beat a shot Tyson. In 1991, it would have been a prime Holyfield against an already declining Mike Tyson. Yeah, that would have been a great fight. But uh, it would be interesting to see how Holyfield. I mean, at the time he was a uh, cruiserweight uh, when when he was being managed by um, uh, Rooney there. But uh, but 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 being trained by Rooney. But he. Uh, it'd be interesting how that Tyson would have. Interesting. Uh, train Mike Tyson against Evander Holyfield. But like you said, Holyfield was the cruiserweight champion of the world when Rooney was training Tyson. Yeah. But when Holyfield stepped up to heavyweight in 1989, Rooney had already been fired, and, and Tyson already had his lackeys training. And they were ducking Holyfield at that point, I'm sure. No, I don't think Mike duck. I don't think Mike was ducking Holyfield in 1990. I don't think he. I don't think Mike thought anybody could fuck with him. I, I think Mike believed his own hype. That look, I don't have to do much. All I got to do is all I got to do is show up. I'll knock him out. One punch, man. One punch. I see. So he started believing his own bullshit, and yeah. uh, that's he believed he was invincible. That's why Buster Douglas knocked him out that 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 um, infamous night in Tokyo because he did not train. He was fucking Japanese bitches left and right. Really, was he now? Yep. 
<laughs> so his uh, his loss to Buster Douglas is really him defeating himself. Well, also Buster's mother died a week before the fight, and um, like Oprah Winfrey said, when she saw him coming to the ring that night, she probably was the only one in America who thought he was going to win that fight. Well, the thing is, is Buster fought a smart fight in that fight. I mean, he he fought tall, he and he had the skill set. That's the type of skill set. If you see the guys that gave Mike Tyson the most problems throughout his career, Terrell Biggs in the first round, James Quick Tillis, um, Buster Douglas, Lennox Lewis, those guys were six foot four, six foot five, with a hellified left jab, with a great left jab. That's why if you put the prime of Mike Tyson against the prime of Muhammad Ali, Ali eats him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh yeah. Now when you see uh, when you have. Uh, um... There were there weren't there some fights though that we could have seen like for example against um 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 I mean some there were some people, some heavyweights he didn't fight that he could have fought right no 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 he he, he could have fought Tim Witherspoon lost to Trevor Burbick that would have been a fight he would have had no choice but to take all right he didn't duck Witherspoon Witherspoon got into problems with Don King was held tied up in court so he never got a shot at Mike Tyson. Because and Foreman. Promoted by Don King. George he, Foreman offered Mike Tyson a move when Mike, uh, when Mike Tyson came out of prison in 95. Mike did not take the fight, and I think Mike knew in his heart even an old George Foreman would have knocked him out. Interesting. Yeah, because that would have been an interesting uh, matchup there. It was a blockbuster fight, but, you know, uh, Mike, Mike didn't want to take. Foreman wanted to fight Mike for the longest. Foreman? When he wasn't fighting, when he was a preacher, would tell everybody, you know, that guy would be tailor-made for me. He was too short. Uh, Ford was like six inches taller than Mike Tyson, and he hits harder. Yeah, and he's got great defense, so he keeps those gloves up. Mike Mike can't fight backing up. George would go at him. George would knock him out. (laughs) And where was Lennox Lewis? He was still – Lennox Lewis in 1988 was winning the gold medal beating Riddick Bowe. Okay. And what about Riddick Bowe? Riddick Bowe was in that same Olympics. And when Mike Tyson was heavyweight champion of the world, those guys were just amateurs or starting their career. I see. Yeah, that would have been an interesting uh, matchup too. Riddick, well, Riddick Bowe got out of boxing. Um, I mean, when he came out of jail, Riddick Bowe was heavyweight though. So When, when Mike Tyson got out of jail, Riddick Bowe was having the best year of his career in 1995, what we covered in the greatest – performances. So that was a possibility to fight, but then Riddick Bowe ran into Andrew Galata, the, the, the right. two qualification wins with Galata, and he retired because he took a devastating beating in both fights. Yeah, yeah, he did, even though he he, he won by disqualification, but uh, uh, yeah, that would have been an interesting fight. How do you think he would have done against uh, that Tyson? I think Riddick Bowe beats Mike Tyson because Riddick Bowe had a tremendous chin, tremendous heart, great jab. And Riddick Bowe was the greatest big man in the history of the heavyweight division to fight inside. Even George Foreman wasn't a great fighter inside. Riddick Bowe could stand toe-to-toe with you and land those hellacious uppercuts. I think he knocks out Mike Tyson. Yeah, he fucked up uh, Holyfield pretty bad. Lennox Lewis, I always felt, could beat Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson ducked – oh, you want to talk about ducking Lennox Lewis – in 1996, he paid Lennox Lewis $4 million so he wouldn't have to fight him. <laughs> was it, why, was he a champion? And he was uh... WBC champion, 
after beating Frank Bruno, and Lennox Lewis is no more contender. Instead of fighting um, Lennox Lewis, he decided to fight, what was that stiff name? Bruce Seldon, the guy who got knocked out by a phantom punch in the first round by Mike Tyson. Lennox yeah, that was. $4 million so Mike wouldn't have to fight him. That was the night Tupac got shot. Yeah. Right. Same night that Tupac got shot, the same night Bruce Seldon might have got hit by that gunshot because he shouldn't get hit by Mike. Man, that was, yeah, that was a phantom punch if I ever saw one. Now, I, there definitely wasn't a phantom punch with, uh, with Sphinx. Sphinx did not take a dive. Uh, oh. No, no, no. That right cross was right cross from hell. He got knocked the fuck out. Indeed. So uh, then, yeah, Mike Tyson, uh, after, uh, after, so after Buster Douglas, he goes to jail. Um, or, he no, actually, he fights a couple more. Then he goes to jail, like you said. And then uh, comes, he comes out. out. He, he, he beats Frank Bruno in March of 96 for the WBC title. Beats Bruce Seldon with the Phantom Knockout in the first round in September of, nine, of 96 to win the WBA title. How the he fuck did Bruce Seldon win, win that title? He beat a stiff named Joe Hip because um who was stripped? Oh, that's when um George Foreman gave up the WBA title because um he didn't want to fight any of the stiffs that Don King had lined up for. Him. <laughs> really? After beating Bruce Seldon, Tyson gives away the WBC title because he doesn't want to fight Lennox Lewis. He fights well, what he thinks is going to be an easier fight in Evander Holyfield. Holyfield knocks him out. He gets disqualified in the rematch for biting his ears. And then just a series of comedy acts up until June of 2002 when Lex, Lennox Lewis gives him a hellacious beating. And basically that's the end of Tyson's career as he loses two of his next three fights after that. I mean, getting knocked out by a drunken Irishman and Kevin McBride is embarrassing. And then he finally retires in 2006 after taking that knockout. Yeah, yeah I remember when he... Uh, he uh... That, that that fight with Lennox Lewis. There was some great promos leading up to that. You know, I'm going to eat your children. Praise be all law. <laughs> Lennox laughed because I don't think Lennox had any children at that time. <laughs> and uh, didn't he fight Botha? What happened? Didn't he fight uh, Francis Botha or something? Francis uh, Botha had won every round in that fight until Tyson caught him with a left hook in the fifth round and put him to sleep. Yeah, both of us, like, every time he punched, you'd be like, oh, oh. <laughs> he was fucking Mike up. I mean, I was like, what the fuck is Mike doing? Yeah, this fat guy looked like he he was, like, a, a short-order cook in a in a diner. But, yeah, he uh, definitely uh, was was holding his own there. And uh, and who else? I mean, he fought some other tomato cans, I remember, but uh, I can't. He uh, Andrew Galata. Andrew Galata walked out the ring in their fight in the second round, and then um. And he quit, like Galata always does. And then, oh yeah, he was crying. Yeah. Then the fight, the fight was called a no contest because Mike failed the drug test, so the fight was no longer lost for Andrew Galata, even though he did quit. Oh, Mike went on the juice, huh? No, it wasn't. It wasn't steroids. Oh, it was cocaine. Uh, it it was marijuana. At first, but he refused to take a drug test before the fight and after the fight. He um he was revealed to have smoking weed. Oh okay, yeah. uh, big deal. Mm-hmm. So 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 Mike Tyson never got busted for any kind of performance enhancers. I don't I don't think he used it. I think yeah. he used up. I think he like he did like the cocaina because after he retired, he, he went to rehab two or three times for it. 
And and how how is he doing money wise today? Today he lives comfortably. I mean, he's blew up, he's blown over three hundred million dollars, but he's got the cartoon on on the Cartoon Network. He got a cartoon. Yep, Mike Tyson mysteries on the what was that um what they call that after after hours show on Cartoon Network? Uh, Adult Swim. He's got an Adult Swim cartoon. Mike Tyson. Holy shit! I didn't he, know that. He had a he had a speaking tour which was shown on HBO. It was on Broadway. He had a one man play on Broadway that was a. You ever get the chance? Get the DVD, watch it. Phenomenal. It was a big hit. Yeah, it was a big hit. Talks about his entire life and he's just great. He he no apologies. He calls it like it is. A great one man play it was shown on HBO and it was on Broadway. And he's been in the what's those movies? The the fucking um the the Las Vegas. The Hangover. Movie. Hangover. He's one of the Hangover movies. So Mike Mike has resurrected his life and his career. Yeah, and he's since uh, made friends again with Holyfield. They look like they uh, buddy buddy again. Holyfield forgave him on one of the final episodes of the Oprah Winfrey Show, which had huge ratings. Him and Holyfield are real tight now. They're real close. Yeah, and Holyfield is a man of God, so uh, that's his. Uh... You know, Holyfield. I don't think Holyfield ever begrudged Mike afterwards. He he got the respect. He kicked his ass twice. Why should Holy you know the dude bit his ear because he knew he was gonna get knocked out? And he did headbutt him, but. but you know what? That's no excuse. <laughs> I know, of course not. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, so, and that, and that was ultimately like, um, Holyfield's greatest glory in, in the, in the last part of his career is beating Mike Tyson, even though, uh, cause I, I think he was even, uh, favorite to lose in that. Um, he was a huge underdog in the first fight because people thought he was shot. I yeah. thought he was shot. I thought, well, going into the fight, I was like, God damn, the only reason Mike is fighting him is because he thinks it's an easy paycheck. When you watch the first round, I, I started. We covered that fight in the greatest fights of all time. Because he had some heart trouble in the in the fight previous, yes, right? He did. Yes, he did. Well, anyway, so we got uh, we got through Mike Tyson's greatest performances uh, all in his early career. But what an early career he had, and definitely still holding the record here for the uh, youngest guy ever to win. That, that, that uh, record's not going to be broken anytime soon. He's going to hold that for a long time because. Uh, a lot of heavyweights aren't fighting at that age. They're playing football or basketball. <laughs> well, that too, and also they they don't they 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 don't go pro that early as early as he did. They, they start in their early twenties, like um, Deontay Wilder, who's the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, didn't turn pro until his uh, mid twenties. So yeah, there you go. So where do you rank him in terms of all time greats? All right, let's 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 do the roll call again. Number one, Ali. Number two, Joe Lewis. And then, then from there, you can argue who's number three and on down. Who would I put at number three? Gene Tunney? For Gene Well, let's, let's put. Let's just tell me where you put Tyson all the way at 20. Where do you put him at? 15? I'm just, I'm just putting guys that are above him right now. All right, so I want to see where I would put him. I would put him somewhere along Rocky Marciano, 9, 10, around here. Okay, so he's up there with Rocky Marciano. But, uh, he would destroy but, Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano couldn't beat Mike Tyson on Mike Tyson's worst day. <laughs> well, in any case, uh, Mike, you know, he was he was tiny compared to him. Um, and even Mike was a small heavyweight. Rocky was only 5'8". Oh, God. Now, Rocky, now, uh, Mike Tyson's idol was, uh, what, uh, Dempsey, right? He, If you look at Mike Tyson's style, he fought like Jack Dempsey. He wore his hair like Jack Dempsey. He wore his socks 
No socks and black shoes like Jack Dempsey. He came in the ring without a robe like Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey and Sonny Liston, Tyson's idols. Yeah, yeah, you could, and, and he was arguably like, you know, one of the hardest punches since Sonny Liston to come along. Yeah, he was the hardest puncher since George Foreman. You want to talk hardest punches in the history of heavyweight division? Foreman one, Mike Tyson two, Sonny Liston three, Jack Dempsey four, and then Joe Frazier five. All right, man. Well, we're about to run out of here, run out of time. So tell us uh, the next guy you're going to put on the greatest performance. The guy that uh, Mike Tyson knocked out in the first round in the very last fight. We oh, Spinks. Michael Spinks. Next week we will be discussing Michael Spinks on the greatest performances in boxing history. All right, man. Thanks again, everybody. And this has been another episode of World Championship Boxing on SuperFriendsUniverse.com, the epitome of manliness. Check it out. Thanks again, man. Talk to you next week. Peace.